Neat Stuff Podcast, Episode 1. It's a podcast! Yay! My name is Devin. Uh, joining me today is my wonderful brother, Tyson. Hello! We're starting up something new. It's going to be a podcast about neat stuff. Uh, we've decided that there's too much neat stuff on the internet, and that's something that we could talk about. So much neat stuff on the internet. Not just the internet, but the world. The world. The universe, actually, is full of neat stuff that we want to bring to you. So what are we going to be talking about today? First up, we have a very neat thing that people can actually go out today and buy and start having a wonderful time with. So I have a question for you, Tyson. Mm-hmm. Did you ever play Warhammer 40K or any of these other tabletop things with millions of figurines? Yes, yes. A time in my youth I spent way too much of my non-existent money to put together a uh, Space Marine army that pretty much went nowhere. Yeah, so it would... I, I think I remember watching a game of you play that where you drove out with your Space Marines, they loaded out of the vehicle, and then were utterly destroyed by your enemy. Yeah, that vehicle exploded. The Rhino exploded in one hit and kind of took everything out that was standing next to it, which was pretty much my army. So so that's the problem that most people have when they do Warhammer, that they spend all this time and all this money making these figurines and they put it on the table and then their opponent just goes, oh, right, I can kill you in one turn. Hooray! So yep. there's a solution to this. Oh, really? Yes, it's this wonderful game called Hero Clicks. I remember that. That's kind of an old game, if I remember correctly. Well, it came out in 2002 by WizKids, and it's definitely this really interesting game because you get a bunch, you just buy figurines, and each figurine has a point value, and you basically start off with a small army of like 100 points. So pretty much your basic point by strategy sort of game. Yeah, but there, it's a lot more limited than you know than what Warhammer 40k. When 40k, you could buy this unit and you could put these figurines, and they can have this gear and this gear and that gear and all this other really complicated stuff. Really customizable and yeah. really big armies, sort of thing. Yeah, and if you have hundreds and thousands of dollars to sink into it and a ton of time, and that's really your thing, go play Warhammer. But if you just want something quick, painting, yeah, all sorts of painting. <laughs> if you want something quick and easy and able just to get just spend 20 bucks and you have a you can basically play you have two armies essentially that you can play against your friends with hero clicks is the way to go if you ask yourself what would happen in a fight superman versus batman or the entire justice league versus the hulk you know who's <laughs> gonna win and you can actually find that out by using this cool little hero click system so you have these little figurines mm-hmm. that on the bottom there's this little dial system here that you spin to keep track of your points the rotating base has little point values assigned to each thing for for all your different stats and by rotating them the stats go down and when you finally get oh. to ko you're knocked out so it's super easy to keep track of I so mean, you don't need like a, a an army book like you do with 40k or you don't need little uh note cards like Levi- you know that have all the details of your figurines powers and whatnot like you have with leviathans yeah, not necessarily. There are some of the older sets had special power things, but usually the powers are, they have a color code for their either attack, defense, um, damage, and those power and those codes 
relate to certain abilities. So it's like, I have super strength. Or they might name it something else, but it all has the same effect. So kind of the uh, the Magic the Gathering keywords. So you'd have like, this one's flying and it has rules for flying. Or this one has land walk or this one has uh, haste or whatnot. Yeah, basically. Okay. So, you know, in most of them you have, you have points ranging anywhere from like, 10 points to over a thousand points I, or i think okay. it goes like four three two three hundred points they even have like massive boss units that have multiple dials that's used that's like 300 points and you set this giant figurine down on the table and you're just like all right guys bring it and you're just like all right i will join forces with captain america and and witchblade and superman and all these different people and like rookie rogue or rookie storm will come and we're just going to attack it all and see if we can survive so it's really interesting way of, of playing and i think you know because most of it it starts start sets are about 20 bucks the boosters are about ten dollars a piece you get like five figurines for each most stores have like this pile of old figurines that you kind of like magic cards all the singles and you're like oh it's two dollars a figurine come and buy random you know like uh, shield units, like a sniper or something. So, you know, and you have all those different things and it's really neat because it's an easy game. It has, you know, it, it takes probably about five, 10 minutes to read through all the rules and figure everything out. But it's just, you just go and you have fun and you can have four or, or more uh, people and you could just more people on the board and everybody you just rotate through Um there's a very simple way that you take turns. You don't take turns of all your units at once. You just have one or two or three, or pretty much at a hundred point, one unit at a time moving around. So it's not, you don't have this massive army movement. You got to really keep track and think ahead of all your moves and all your plays. So it's easy. It's cheap. It's fun. You just, you can play it out on a, on a, uh, it's a, it's a easy grid. So sounds like fun. People should check it out and maybe, you know, drop 10 bucks on it. See if it's something that they can enjoy. And it supports your friendly local game shop or friendly local comic shop. Which is something we like. And all the rules are posted online on their website, which is HeroClix. That's C-L-I-X dot com. So now that we're done with that, do you have something for me? Yes, I do. Um, something that's fun that pretty much everyone can get into is ElfQuest. Ooh, it's a comic. Yeah, it's a comic. Now, it is a physical comic, but the nice thing is is um, it's been around since the 80s. It's one of the first comics to really uh, get distribution in most public libraries, so it's easily la- mostly easily available through public libraries still, um, either through your library, may even have some, or through interlibrary loan. Unfortunately, the comics themselves, the, the comics and the collections are out of print, so it does get a little spendy to pick them up. But you can also find them on the ElfQuest.com website for free. And so you can go through and pretty much read all of them in the comic format, not the uh, collected graphic novel format. ElfQuest was created uh, by a couple, Wendy and Richard Penny, back in 1978. Uh, Richard was a, I believe, he was working at a planetarium at the time, and Wendy had just finished college for graphic design and fashion design, which does start coming up in her, uh, in the comic designs. It's very uh, 70s. Um, It's... 
if you you know the art style and the fashion can be a little cheesy at times um a lot of the character names very hippie-ish sort of name so people have a hard time seeing beyond that but i really uh suggest getting into it. it's a very nice story about really around family and trying to figure out who you are and where you come from and the nice thing about it is is that every character that you run across usually you know any named character for the most part, even the villains, uh, which I really like in fiction, has a character arc. And they nobody does things for purposes that aren't under, understandable. Even 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 the most, you know, villainous of the characters, they are sympathetic characters. So so it's basically uh, everybody does something for a reason. It's not just arbitrary I just decided to go this way for no apparent reason whatsoever. Yeah, I'm the big bad because I'm bad. It really uh, breaks that sort of mold that you, you – it's kind of in that transitionary period from the pulp sort of fiction – you know, the the pulp uh, science fiction and fantasy of the – you know, coming out of the 60s and 70s to the, you know, kind of the shades of gray – realism that you got in the late you know the 80s and 90s um where you know the villains suddenly had motivation and they had backstory and they were somewhat sympathetic um and they were really ahead of the curve on this as well as the uh really ahead of the curve on things like graphic novel and whatnot uh the story follows a a tribe of elves who are driven from their homes by humans who they don't trust and they hate and fear and the humans don't trust them and hate and fear them it's this very mutual sort of not being able to primitive tribes not working together so that actually sounds kind of arbitrary do they explain why they hate each other or is there a reason or is it just like you're different i'm just being racist like a normal human (laughs) in america you're an outsider get the hell out of here no um it really does they they do have reason back and forth and as it goes on there's more you know this has been a feud that's been going on for a very long time um, it's something that really, when you get down to it, both both sides of the issue, in some way, are at fault with this. Yeah, and okay. Have let it, you know, and it's very much a problem of egos getting in the way of each other, sort of thing. Uh, and a lot of manifest, you know, ideas of manifest destiny and you know, chosen the chosen people, sort of thing. That really, on both sides, really. So. Um, it follows them as they're driven from their forest home, uh, where they run across the other, you know, magical, uh, sort of, you know, well, not magical, but fantasy element in the story, oh, which okay. is so, the trolls. Ah, trolls. So, yes, trolls. Are they, are they stereotypical trolls? They live in mines and dig and they like shiny golden things and everything. Well, that, those are those trolls, yes. Uh, big noses, nasty, green, warty, uh, mean uh, they're kind. They uh, the the elves are betrayed, and basically these forest dwelling elves are jumped into a desert. They have no idea how to survive, and then the story kind of goes from there, and it becomes this very big, not, you know, them being kind of forced out of their comfort zone leads them to, you know, 
while they didn't want to go on this journey, even though they do find a new place to settle, they do find peoples that they can live with, that stepping out leads them to step out further. Um, and it's kind of a, hey, we've just done this exploration. Why don't we see what else is out there? I mean, it didn't kill us this time. It might not kill us th this next time. So, yeah. And it's a great story. It's just, uh, and it really ties in well. Uh, it's a really well thought out world. There's a couple of novelizations that are, that uh, not so, so much of the story itself, but of short stories with the back history and whatnot that they've handed off. So this is um, definitely something that you could spend a lot of time, like you get into it and you go down, it's a pretty mm -hmm. big rabbit hole. You'll go down oh, yeah. and around and come back through and have a, and have a grand old time by the time and you finish. They haven't, the nice thing, another nice thing about it is, is they haven't, uh, a lot of indie comics will feel won't let other people play around in their universe. Uh, hmm. Whereas uh, they've really kind of opened it up, letting a lot of guest authors and guest creators come in. Uh, Sonny Strait just jumps to mind, the voice actor for Hughes and other, you know, he also is a comic artist and he actually uh, apprenticed with Wendy Peeney and learned uh comicking a lot of comicking from her and one of the big reasons i suggest elf quest artists especially comic artists is their use of paneling um they don't typically you know you have comics where um they have a grid of panels you know usually it's a two by three grid so you get six panels on the page or they break it up a little bit but what wendy does and she was you know really early in doing this is she really varies the panels and the shapes of the panels you know throwing in round panels or using uh, angled panel borders for emphasis um you know break you know breaking up uh small panels that putting in small panels that really don't have that are text heavy that don't play much to the plot but really kind of breaking out of that uh 90 degree 90 degree sort of grid uh some of them get excessively flowery and floor uh and um flowy so you'll have like you'll be following a vine or a like a, the trail of a butterfly around it as it leads you through the panels so it's really enjoyable i just aesthetically i really like uh the art style and um some people are i like the art style there are people that don't particularly like the character design uh that that particular art style but i really suggest trying to get through at least the first two books if the story doesn't grab you by the second book you know and the art style and it, the art style is still difficult for you to get through then yeah totally move on i accept but uh really I think you'd really, it's a really powerful story. And I think you'd enjoy it. Okay. So um, age appropriateness, because this is a uh, comics and I have read through them myself a little bit. Yeah, actually yesterday I spent most of my day reading through <laughs> the first set online because it was actually pretty engrossing and exactly. it's spent a few hours. But I noticed that there were quite a bit of, I, I'm kind of curious about what age appropriateness you think that this comic would go towards. I came into it very young, finding it when I was about six on a library cart. So it is very, um, 
it is very accessible. It really depends on uh, your child's uh, ability to handle the concepts of violence, death, and relationships. So wait, so you're saying that there's characters that die in this? It's not a happy, oh, go lucky, yes. just like everybody lives. On the, you know, uh, on the the scale of Looney Tunes to J.R.R. Martin, it's a little bit more. It's around a, uh, oh gosh, let's go with Harry Potter. Oh, okay. You know, not everyone dies, but there are definitely characters and, you know, named characters that do die. Um, and characters that, you know, you've come to love do die. Uh, you know, the characters are all mortal for the most part, and it spans a long period of time. Okay. So, but you think, you know, probably, do you think six is I'd, too young? or do I'd you think... say it depends. Like I said, it really depends on the kid. Um, but the violence in it uh, is never something that they really show off as being fun it's not really it's not it's not it's not a glorifying violence it's a reality of violence sort of thing uh same thing you know the, they never really go overly sexual i mean there is people falling in love and having kids and whatnot and they do show a lot of that there and but it's not like a this isn't a it's porno not gra- or something. no it's not gratuitous like i said this has won many library awards it's been in a lot of libraries i would say anywhere from about six to ten somewhere in there depending on your child uh really is where they go and a lot of the stuff honestly when i read it the first time went right over my head and went right past me and i didn't pat- catch it until i re- reread it again when i was a teenager or when i was an adult so you know for the most part the stuff that would really worry some parents is just it's in there but you don't really notice it exactly they don't they don't point big blaring arrows at it which can be a problem with comics these days is that they're like hey look we're having adult time here you know they don't okay so yeah so so if they wanted to go check it out online where would they go elfquest.com uh the you know, they've got the big full archive up there. They can have fun and take a look at the whole thing. Let's wrap up with something, a neat thing that is in the universe. Universe, 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 universe. All right. So this is uh, this little segment that we're doing right here. It's just something that not, may not necessarily be something entertaining. It may not be necessarily some cool thing, but is a cool thing that you should check out. It is neat. Yes, it is a website called superuser.com. Now, the first time you go to superuser.com, you'll be like, what the heck is this? There's all these, this looks like dig or some other type of just like random, you know, posting of things, but it's different. It's very different. It is essentially, it's based around the idea of asking questions. So you have a problem with a computer. So, uh, Tyson, come up with a what, – what's a recent problem you've had with a computer? A recent problem I've had with a computer? Um, the I actually wanted to move my user files, my desktop, document, uh, music, all of that, off of my C drive and put it – because my C drive is a, um, a solid-state hard drive and has very little space – and move it to my D drive, which is a nice big, you know, half a terabyte spinning drive. 
Um, and Windows doesn't make it easy to do that. No, it, it really doesn't. Um, you have to go in and ed- you have to find registry settings and you have to do all this weird kind of stuff if you want to do it one way or you have to do through all these settings and everything. So if you have have that problem, you can jump on the super user and say, hey, super user community, I have this problem. Can you help me? I want to do this. So my question is, how do you move your user profile from one drive to another in like Windows 7, which is what I think you're using? And what happens is that once you post that up, it shows up at the top of the stream and suddenly you have thousands of people with the opportunity to answer that question for wonderful prizes. Ah, well, actually, <laughs> reputation. So what's the really cool thing about this whole sort of system, it's more than just you know the idea that you can go on and ask questions and get answers. You know, you could do that on Yahoo you know, Answers or something. So have you ever looked for computer help on Yahoo Answers, Tyson? Ugh. I have never. I have looked for computer help on Yahoo Answers. Never again. <laughs> never again. Because the interesting thing about this is that on Yahoo Answers or any other really answer site, it's just anyone can answer. And there's no real gauge about how relevant their answer is. Well, in super user, every time you answer a question correctly and the person says, hey, what you said answers my question, you get points. And those points go towards your reputation score. The higher reputation score, the more of an expert you become, essentially. Not only that, um, the, the super user site is part of the whole stack exchange network of sites. Um, and the not only does your s- reputation increase uh, your score and give you badges and whatnot, but it also gives you more things to do on the site. Um, you can not only just ask and answer questions, but you can clean up other people. You know, once you get a high enough represent- reputation, you can clean up other people's questions or other people's answers to, you know, target them better. Not only help the question be clear, but also help the person asking the question get the answer that they actually need. But they might not have the words to, um, you know, to, to, to ask for clearly. So, so you can, so if you get high enough reputation, you can do things like fix people's grammar and move stuff around and kind of reframe their question in sort of a more succinct way, kind mm-hmm. of. And a more universal way. And the nice thing is, is uh, you, you might have already sort of seen that if you start doing, you know, searching for questions in Google, uh, you'll oftentimes when I'm looking for programming questions, in my search results, I'll get their uh, Stack Overflow page, which is the same thing, but specifically for programmers. The original three, Super User, Server Fault, and Stack Overflow, were about desktop computers, server and enterprise-style computers, and programming. But then they've started asking, you know, there's... Uh, Stack, oh, there's uh, Stack Exchange sites for things like Ubuntu or Apple or science fiction and fantasy, one of the places I like to hang out and, you know, troll for all of the uh, Stargate SG-1 uh, questions or the Babylon 5 questions because I know a little too much about both. Yeah, there's also um, something that I've gone to. There, there's a whole gaming section. So if you have questions about games... And like, you know, let's say you're a StarCraft II player and you want to get some help, you can go there and ask questions. There are even a special area, the Area 51, which is all their sort of beta stack exchange stuff. So what's interesting about this system is that if there is a need, 
they will make a, a, a thing for it. They will make a, a Stack Exchange site for it. There's actually one for Japanese. So if, let's say, you want to learn Japanese and you have some weird questions about the, the word use or different things or all those things, you can post a question on there and you'll get, there's a, a experts on there who will help answer and clear up those things. And it's a really interesting way of just using sort of crowdsourcing your questions and getting a whole bunch of different answers and really finding that best answer and rewarding those who do the work to help you out. Actually, uh, I was setting up my uh, Toy Sword thing and I used on startups really heavily looking up questions on how to start an LLC and whatnot. Um, you know, and it's been really useful. So, but yeah. Uh, it's a great site. They're great people. Actually, they do, uh, if you're a programmer or a developer, um, they have a really good podcast that you can go back and listen to that pretty much, that they started when they were first creating the idea of the site. You can kind of follow their progression of how their thoughts on building community changed, uh, how their thoughts on development changed. Uh, it's really really handy to take a look at just for that um if you're looking to develop a, either programming wise developing your own software they've got a lot of really interesting discussions that have changed how i develop software but also concepts of community and buy-in and uh that if you are trying to pr produce some sort of online community around a topic of your own whether it's you know, in their exchange or say through a YouTube channel or through a website, uh, their insights into trying to build a community is really, I found really valuable. Cool. So you can check that out at superuser.com. And it, it's a good, it's an easy thing to remember. And it's a jump off point. You can log in using, I think, Google credentials or Yahoo or uh, Facebook credentials. So it's super easy to get in and it connects and it all links together so you can move through and just start asking questions and start getting help. Mm -hmm. uh, you can find me there. I am listed as uh, T Vanover, but throughout the Stack, Stack uh, Overflow or the Stack Exchange Network, I am Tyson of the Northwest. So yeah. Yep. So, and I am Dolt Knuckle over there. It's a superhero name I came up with a while ago. And I think I just, my nor has my real name in there of Devin Hunter. So you can go look for me there. And the nice thing is, is it has a really nice uh, uh, bookmarking capability. So I can, um, you know, so I've got things like how to run spin right off of a USB drive that I reference pretty much regularly anytime I need to create a new spin right uh, USB drive. So I, you know, you can, tr and as, the nice thing is, is as you favorite things and as those things change and get updated and better stuff happens, uh, it will uh, alert you and you get really, it's got a really nice notification uh, system to alert you of changes to things that not only have you commented on or that you've created, but also things that you're, you know, you favorited that these are questions that you'd like to, you know, find the answers to, or you're looking for good answers to. So that's the, that's it. That's the inaugural episode of Neat Stuff. For right now, we're just going to um, have it out on the world so people can see it. Uh, and hopefully it's something that you found interesting. We're going to try and do this 
whenever we get around to it, we're shooting for weekly, but it might be every other week or some other things as we come up with stuff. If you have ideas for neat stuff that you think that you want to share, you can send us an email at neatstuffpodcast at gmail.com. Also, uh, you can circle us on uh, Google+. Plus. I am Tyson Vanover. Yep. And I am Devin Hunter on Google+, Plus as well. So we'll, you'll, we'll get some links up and do this. We're just starting doing this podcasting thing. And hopefully you guys have enjoyed our ramblings. And you can actually go out and find some neat stuff and have a great time. Here's to neat stuff. To neat stuff. And have a great week, everyone. Yep. Have a great week. We'll see you next time. The Neat Stuff Podcast is brought to you by Crazy Owls Expert Emporium. All questions answered, no questions asked. Sign up for a new account for the low time, no time price of $99.99.99. Now cheaper than Experts Exchange.